0: Let me tell you about Hephaestus. Now, he wasn't your usual Greek god. He didn't spend his time lying around on cushions, jeering and joking with his chums, knocking back copious amounts of nectar and gorging himself on ambrosia. No, he had a full-time job. Another difference was his appearance. Unlike the other gods, he wasn't divinely handsome and built like a, well, like a Greek god. He wasn't tall and comely and startlingly attractive. Indeed, he fell a lot short of being considered remotely passable. To put it plainly, he was downright ugly. His back was bent His arms were twice as long as arms should be. He was covered in thick, rough hair. His legs and feet were misshapen. His complexion was hideous. He was so grotesque that when he was born, his mother threw him over a cliff. Or perhaps it was his father, the mighty Zeus. Or perhaps it was someone else. In any case... He was hurled all the way down from lofty Mount Olympus to the Isle of Lemnos, where he grew to be a master craftsman. Hephaestus was understandably angry with his mother, the lovely Hera, Queen of Heaven, for throwing him off that cliff. So he thought he'd take his revenge upon her. Who could blame him? In his workshop, he created a beautiful throne for Hera to sit on. It was a triumph of his skills, a glorious chair to highlight her sovereignty, a delicate piece of art which was also a trap. As soon as Hera sat on this beauteous throne, she was stuck, stuck like glue, like cement. The other gods begged him to free her. They became desperate enough to offer him a place in the highfalutin company on Mount Olympus. Hephaestus ignored them. He ignored each and every one of those gods who pleaded with him. Finally, that indispensable god Dionysus. You will remember that he's the one who invented wine. That's why he was an indispensable god. So Dionysus picked up a jug of his very best brew, dropped down to see Hephaestus, and proceeded to get him drunk. As the day wore on, Hephaestus became inebriated enough to reconsider his revenge on Hera. He would free her, he said, on one condition that the most beautiful Aphrodite should be his wife. There were cries of rage at this. All of the gods desired the lovely Aphrodite, and declared it would be absurd that she should marry an ugly little blacksmith. Monstrous, they said, monstrous. But Hera, still helplessly trapped on her golden throne, very quickly agreed to the marriage. No one seems to have consulted Aphrodite on the matter. You won't be surprised to learn that the marriage did not last. Immediately after the wedding, Aphrodite ran off with Ares, the god of war. No one was going to argue with that big, brute Ares. All the other gods laughed. Hephaestus may have been ugly to look at. He may have been on the receiving end of very cruel jokes. And for all we know, he could have suffered a broken heart when Aphrodite left him. But one thing he could do, and he could do it well. He was a master craftsman, a blacksmith. And not one of those gods lying around on Mount Olympus laughed at his creations. Hephaestus was respected for his simply stunning creations, not just pretty artifices for ostentation, but also extremely useful functions, and you will surely recognize some of them. There were the arrows that he crafted for Eros, or you may call Eros Cupid. And there may have been times when you wished that Cupid's arrows had never been made. He made the winged helmet, especially for Hermes, the messenger of the gods. You can still see Hermes with his helmet when you order flowers. He made the silver armour that Achilles wore. And he also made Pandora. But that's a story for another day. So Hephaestus is the patron of blacksmiths, of stonemasons and volcanoes. It's easier to remember his name as Vulcan rather than Hephaestus. He is, after all, connected to volcanoes. You see, he moved to Sicily and he is there to this day hammering out his wonderful creations in the huge forge that is under the volcano Mount Edna.